you cannot escape a prison if you do not know you're in one. A quote by Vernon Howard. Hey y'all, what's happening? Welcome back to Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder. It's Shay here. How are you doing, Barb? I'm doing really good. I had a wonderful weekend. Got to take Oliver swimming and go see one of his best friends for a play date. Got to go to church. Just, you know, fun things for the summer. How are you? Awesome. That sounds like fun. Um, I'm good. I got to see my friend who actually moved out to Kansas for school and she graduated. We did her graduation party and we played at least six hours of volleyball. So I'm feeling it today, but I'm excited because we also got approved for our rental home. So I'm excited to move in this week, but also stressed because you guys, I know you got to change so much stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much updates for me. You guys, we just, we have just a few more days until you can get your votes in. So make sure that you go to our Facebook page and vote now for the voters episode. That includes that kind of includes our business for today um, episode. I kind of wanted to keep it short because I want to get into this case because it's kind of long, but I tried to actually shorten it as well. So before I start, I got my information from wikipedia.org and history.com. So let's get started. You all snuggled in, Barb? I am ready to go. Let's do it. So today we are going to talk about the crazy plot that would allow seven inmates to escape from prison. How, first of all, how does seven inmates escape? And they don't escape just for like a week. Um, so this actually reminds me of that show on, on Netflix right now, uh, Prison Break. Oh my God, such a good show, but that is insane. Yeah, I think it's like, it was, um, like compared to a prison break that happened in like the 1980s or something like that. I don't even remember what it said, but first I just want to say seven prisoners escaped. That is freaking scary to think about. This happened in December of 2000. That was literally not that long ago, like 22 years ago. That's crazy. But Yeah, before I get into what happened and how the plan played out, I want to tell you the prisoner's name and what they are in prison for before the, the before they even broke out of prison, why they were in prison in the first place. And all of this information I'm grabbing in this little paragraph that I did is from Wikipedia. So if something's like incorrect or whatever, we, we all understand. But this is, I kind of also did it against the other articles and they all like kind of match. So... First, we have Joseph Christopher Garcia, who was born November 6, 1971 in San Antonio, Texas. He was convicted of murder uh, for killing a man during the drunken altercation. Then there was Randy Ethan Halperin, born September 13, 1977 in McKinney, Texas, originally convicted for child abuse after breaking a six-month-old arms and legs, fracturing his skull, and beating his face until one eye filled with blood. So was it six months or 16 months? Uh, oh, sorry, 16 months. My bad. I'm sorry. Oh, that, oh my god. Yeah. Like, what the heck? These are huge, like, this is major convictions. This ain't no little petty theft or... Yeah. Whew. 
Yeah, and these, they escape. That's what I'm saying. This is so freaking scary that these, if it was like for, you know, possession or something like that, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But this is literally assault and murder. So that guy is just a fantastic person. If you don't catch my sarcasm. Next, we have Larry James Harper, September, who was born September 10th, 1963 in Danville, Illinois, convicted of aggravated sexual assault. I'm just saying that all of these men will make you want to punch them straight in their throat. Like, the one with the child already gets me. But anywho, next is Patrick Henry Murphy Jr., born October 3rd, 1961 in Dallas, Texas, convicted for aggravated assault after breaking into a woman's home and sexually insulting her at knife point. Next is Donald Keith Newberry, May, who was born May 18, 1962, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, convicted for aggravated robbery with a deadly weapon. Then we have George or Jorge Angel Rivas Jr., who was born May 6, 1970, in El Paso, Texas, convicted of robbery. And last but not least, we have Michael Anthony Rodriguez, October, who was born October 29, 1962, in San Antonio, Texas, originally convicted for having a hired, for having hired a hitman, that's a hard sentence, uh, <laughs> to murder his wife in 1992. Oh my gosh. So I those are just some lovely men that we will be talking about. That is crazy. I mean, definitely you become what you hang around and it seems like obviously in a in a, a prison or penitentiary or jail or however you may call it there are a lot of criminals but to be convicted on something as high level as some of these guys uh-uh no way there is no way that these guys should have figured seven people not just one person seven people escape that oh my god and there it's just crazy that it's just like this is when we when we ask how does multiple serial killers get in the same room and learn that each other like to do this thing like this is this is how it happens in jail you meet the same type of people who you are constantly around 24 7 you have nothing else to do so they just plan but i'm just like oh my gosh my mind is blown by like being able to escape just i don't know all of these men were located at the John B. Connolly Unit Maximum Security Prison that is located in Kennedy, Texas. The seven were planned perfectly to the T on how they would escape. All of these men didn't really care if they got caught because not one of them had a shorter than 30 year sentence. So they all were basically in prison for life. I think one of them was just like 30 years, which is probably the one of the sexual assault ones because we know those don't get taken serious um so some were facing life in prison like i just said they didn't have much to lose anywho the leader of the seven was believed to be jorge rivas who was serving 18 consecutive 15 to life sentences so he really had nothing to lose but it was December 13th, 2000, the seven would wait until 11.20, I believe, a.m. before they would get out of their chair at their lunch table and basically attack and restrain nine civilian maintenance people, four officers, and three inmates who had nothing to do with this. That's a lot of people. 
how is seven people gonna take on what is that like 16 people that right that's what i'm saying like but i'm telling you they had this thing planned they were not playing like they knew what they were doing so they planned for lunchtime because it is thought to be the slowest time of the day where most people wouldn't be thinking of anything and just hanging out you know like you don't think while you're eating lunch you don't think some seven people are going to try to escape the prison right so this also meant that there was not as much surveillance crew paying attention in certain areas of the prison because they were also eating lunch so now you're probably wondering how in the world did seven men get 16 people to do what they said they would each be in their own section and they would call to the person over like kind of over like hey come here i need some help um and when they get them alone a second person in the hidden spot would then hit them behind the head and knock them unconscious and then they would tie them up gag them and put them in the prison's electrical room then they would lock them in the room which this room also had an alarm system as well so they really thought about the situation like you have to think like these people are escaping and they have to make sure they have all of these people locked up to be able to get through something so they picked the highest security area which was the electrical room and i mean i guess if you have if you have to if you're literally escaping a place that is meant to be like for you to be locked in you have to have all this extra security anyways after the men would get everything under control they would take the walkie-talkies from the security guards and they would basically say everything was under control and kind of make it to where no one else would think of anything like that was wrong and so they wouldn't come investigate so they kind of like impersonated the officers saying all the code words that you learn it as you're in there right so this would kind of give them a little bit more time to work but there were only four men that stayed and did the calls in the main tower and they had their own plan working in their favor so three of the men would go find this civilian clothing and put it on they would then proceed to walk to the back gate to leave the prison basically telling the security guards that they were there at, for like a camera installation crew or something like that where they were putting in video monitors and stuff and this would actually work y'all like putting on some normal clothing and being able to walk out of prison like nothing happened isn't that crazy yeah i feel like they should be be at some point like a checkpoint for all visitors coming and going even if you are there to work on the premises i feel like there needs to be a checkpoint okay show us your id you're leaving show us your id you're coming in type thing yes i 100 100% agree which it could have been because when they actually kind of got through the first couple guards they would find the gatehouse and they actually would tie up the guards so i'm guessing maybe the guards started getting like uh i don't know like you're not giving me the credentials you need or whatever but they end up being able sorry um being able to tie them up and put them in the gatehouse so i'm just like maybe they did ask them for credentials and maybe they didn't i don't know but that's it didn't say anything about it but i assume that they would so once they tied them up they would steal any and all of the weapons that they could that are stored in that gatehouse so 
I want to kind of go back to the other four. Remember, there's uh, four more men standing inside. But they were also working out a different plan. Right now, three of them had secured the exit. So you had the first three securing the exit. And then the other four were in charge of a vehicle and escaping out of the... So you have someone blocking it and you have people coming out. So as they continue to distract the tower guards, they would find a pickup truck and would head towards the exit gate. As they were leaving, they would stop and pick up three men. And that was when seven prisoners would drive out of the prison and go on a crime spree. You would think that they would try to keep it on the DL, but yeah, they weren't really worried about getting caught again, apparently. And, oh, I just want to kind of say that later on, you're going to find out it wasn't just seven prisoners that were in this. There was somebody else that was in this that also got charged for helping them escape. But yeah, so you have seven men who do not care about getting caught, who are already basically going to be in prison for 30 years plus that just escaped prison for, and they were all like in a high security prison. So that just, I cannot, my mind is like, how, 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 how does this happen? But shortly after the escape, the men would ditch the prison truck in a Walmart parking lot in Kennedy, Texas. And from what I found after they ditched the truck, one of the inmates father would provide another vehicle for the men to travel further away, which would end up leading them to San Antonio, Texas, which is a little over an hour from Kennedy. So it wasn't really that far, but if they escaped in one of the prison trucks, they're looking for that prison truck. And so they find it and no one's in there and that extra car kind of like throws them off and they can't really find them now because they're in a whole new car. So after San Antonio, they would make their way to Houston. As they got to Houston, they realized that there wasn't much money left for them. And they had, they made another plan to rob a radio shack that was located in the city of Pearland, which is almost a three hour drive from Kennedy. I think after this point, they were starting to kind of panic, but then also not. So they were kind of low on money and they were really only three hours away from the prison. Like that's not that far whenever you have the police putting out a call for people to keep their eye out for seven men, you know? So their faces are probably everywhere and people were looking for them. So the pressure's on. Well, this plan would work for them for a while. About a month later, a month seven prisoners are on the loose for a month and a month later about december 19th maybe a little bit over a month the men would separate from one another at some point but on this day four of the men would check into a lodge located near dallas area the four of them knew they still needed money so they sat down and made a plan to rob a sporting goods store called oshman's that was located near Irvine, Irving, Texas. So at this point, the men have robbed a radio shack that they know of, and they believe that they started to separate a little bit, so that way it wasn't so inconspicuous that there were like seven men walking around, you know, in a group. So they made these plans over a couple of days, these four men, and on December 24th, 2000, 
they would walk into the store and they would gag and tie up all of the staff. They would then proceed to grab 40 guns along with their ammunition and about $70,000 from the safe. Oh my gosh, why is, okay, hold up, why is there $70,000 in a safe at the store? I have no idea, honestly. Why is it not in the bank of the store? That is crazy. That just seems like a huge liability for one, and then for two, what the heck are they going to do with 40 guns? Like, what are they planning on doing with that? They could probably sell them, honestly, on the black market. Yes, and that I'm is sure some of these have connections to the black market. Yes, that that is very true. That's, mm-mm. but like in the hands of high security prisoners, you have forty guns with ammunition. That is terrifying. So, well, these men were so distracted and didn't plan for everything. It just so happened that an employee of this shop was actually off of work that day but was across the street, I believe it was like at another store or something, when he realized what was happening. So he would call the police and they would show up to the sporting goods store, Oshman's. So before the men even realized anything that was happening, the first officer was on the scene. This officer's name was Aubrey Wright Hawkins, who was around the age of 30 at the time. He would pull up and step out of his car, and as soon as he did, the men would start firing their guns right away. He would not only be hit 11 times, but the men would get in their escape car and run him over. Run him over Mm -hmm. while they were leaving. Mm -mm. Like, what kind of disgusting lowlifes would shoot someone 11 times and then proceed to run them over. It's just freaking disgusting and it's so agitating. Yeah, I mean- They should be in prison. <laughs> yes, and I'm not surprised because you're, you're talking about criminals who've already committed murder, who have assaulted and could possibly killed a child, who have sexually assaulted somebody with a deadly weapon. So, I mean, we're talking about evil people here. Yes. I I just can't get my mind wrapped around the audacity. But Aubrey would later pass at the hospital, unfortunately, and Aubrey was an officer for about five years when he was killed. But most importantly, he had a wife and a child that these low-life men had taken him away from. And for what? To keep running from the police to take them back to prison? I just, I just can't. I can't understand the process. But after this murder, the police would first offer a $100,000 reward to, for anyone. I think it was for the the whole prison escape, but this, um, this murder of the police officer would actually trigger that reward and make it higher, is what I, what I understood from it. But it would quickly rise to $500,000 for these men who committed the crime. The prison escape would make it, the prison escapers would make it onto the America's Most Wanted show in January of 2001. We're in January of the next year. That's crazy. So this show would catch a lot of the residents' attention attention in Colorado. People called in saying that there were men in the same RV park that had said they were missionaries and they would often play Christian music really loud I guess to kind of prove they were missionaries. 
I guess. I don't know. Sorry, guys. I had like got a sneeze stuck in my nose. Anyways, the police started making a plan to storm the RV park as soon as they got the call. When they pulled into this RV park, three of the men were sitting in a Jeep Cherokee, but they didn't get out of the car. They had to make sure that they got their men because, you know, this is all on a, on a tip. You can't just 100% assume that these are your right men. So they would end up following them to the gas station nearby, and that is where they were apprehended because they were finally able to identify that these were, in fact, some of the men. So that's just three of them. Then they went back to the RV park and to look inside. And that was whenever they found two other men inside. And one actually would shoot himself in a standoff in his chest, which he would probably have gotten the death penalty anyways. And it would have probably ended the same way with him dead. So, I mean, like, it just, it wasn't like a big deal, I guess. And that is so that's kind of like a total of five men right there so we are still missing two more later that same month that like they couldn't even get them in the same week it had to be at the end of the month they were found by the fbi who got information about the last two being seen at holiday inn in colorado the fbi would raid the inn but in the middle of doing this the media crew had actually found out what was happening and the men would tell the FBI that they would surrender if they got to be on live TV, if they were able to be on the news, which I just don't understand the audacity of these men, but I'm guessing they were trying to get like a message out or whatever. And they had all these quotes that they're saying, but I really didn't care to share what they even had to say. Cause I don't care, but they would do this while the interviewer was on the phone, asking them questions and the camera was inside recording them they couldn't even be in the same room they had to like separate the people now that means all seven were located and were taken in and trial started right away i'm not going to go through like every trial situation or whatever i'm just going to kind of tell y'all the current status of all of the men so the first one is joseph christopher garcia on december 4th 2018 he was executed Randy Ethan Hoffman, who is currently on death row awaiting execution. Larry James Harper committed suicide before being arrested. Patrick Henry Murphy Jr. is on Texas death row awaiting execution. Donald Keith Newberry on Fe- February 4th, 2015 was executed. Jorge Angel R- Rivas Jr. on February 29th, 2013. 12 he was executed michael anthony rodriguez on august 14 2008 he was executed that's all of them so there, i think there's only two who are currently still on death row waiting everybody else who was already executed or had the one who committed suicide wow yeah that's like that's crazy to think like Ugh. it's just so sad that they literally went on this little baby spree and killed a man just to be executed like what was what was the point yeah I don't know like what maybe to have the the 
oh I escaped prison like under your belt because people know that that is almost impossible to do and it kind of goes along with him wanting to be on TV like yeah that was me type thing mm-hmm. and that literally blows my mind that's like not just one person but seven people uh, literally a group of people could pull this off and then yeah. not get caught right away yeah it and the fact that it was almost like a two to three month situation like that's just crazy and if it wasn't for all the tips that were called in they probably would have never been caught so that's why it's important if you have any information to make sure you call the tip lines don't be afraid so finally at the end of this all the men were back in the place that they belong staring at a wall until their death well all but one but that is pretty much all of the information that is needed for this case what'd you think barb I actually, I mean, I'm not going to say, I I mean, I do enjoy reading about crime and stuff like this. So to not know about this one, that was kind of surprising. I feel like there definitely could be a movie based on this just because what are the odds that a group of people would be able to escape? I mean, there's, like I said, Prison Break on Netflix and that show is so good. Um, One of my favorite series out there, just, I don't know, I'm... I'm sad and hurt for the people that were victims for this, and um, I hopefully and I pray that this particular prison figured out what they could do to better make sure, like, do a better job of making sure that people weren't going to be able to get out because it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I feel like there may have been some reformation in in Texas in general, and that's what I what I would hope for. Yeah, they actually, whenever they were arrested and put back in prison the second time, they actually were put in the Huntsville prison. And we all know that one. So, yeah, that's, there was yeah, no I mean, escaping that one. No, and that's where they hold all the death row I- inmates in Huntsville. So, yeah, yep. they, they weren't getting out of that one. Nope. But, yeah, so thank you all for tuning in. Please feel free to reach out to Barb or myself at tcwtm2021 at gmail.com. Message us on Instagram at Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder with No Spaces, on Twitter at Texas Chicks Who with the number one, or on Facebook at Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder. We are also asking that you guys take a minute of your time and give us a review on whichever platform you're using. This will help us reach a larger audience. Also, please share these stories to your friends and family. Last but not least, stay out of dark places and watch your back because you never know who's lurking. Bye. Bye.